I was the first real UX designer. There was like a designer before me, but he was like contract and then he ghosted out. Like he never showed up one day and people didn't hear from him. And he wrote this long, the Unabomber manifesto about why he <laughs> couldn't work for Mark Pincus anymore. Kind of insane. The departure letter? Yeah. The, the yeah. epic depart, the, uh, what was that movie? Jerry Maguire? Like the Jerry Maguire manifesto? Yeah. Yeah, that was the... I remember that because I, I had just gotten hired and like the dude sent this long ass email. Hello and welcome. I'm Katie Kuffel, one of the makers behind this show, and I'm joined by Brett Novak, Liquid and Grits founder and CEO. On today's episode, Brett talks with Berto Alvaro, one of the earliest employees at Zynga, who is the lead UX designer and then art director for Zynga Poker. They discuss in detail the process that they took to create a bold beat that became one of the most successful features released in Zynga Poker. This is Creators at Work. Let's talk about Leaderboard because I think that was, for both of us, at least for me, it was one of my, like I said in the email, one of my proudest moments at Zynga, one of my favorite features. And and actually, dude, it was one of the only features that lived for a long time. And I, I don't know if they still have it. I was, app. I I was looking this. for it the other day. The leaderboard it, was one of the last features to like stick. And there's like a couple of cool things I saw in the app. My logo is still there. And some of the chips that I, the early chips that I designed are still there. So I'm like, man, that's been there since 2009. <laughs> I've seen iterations of the high-low mini game that I created come out in years later because we track the market now. So Yeah, that was one of the things we got a patent on. <laughs> no, but that was a different high-low. That was the free high-low. I'm talking about the post-purchase mini game that I Oh, the post-purchase, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, they yeah, figured like, out a way to get on that content treadmill, which is cool because actually I play Poker Stars with my buddies yeah. every other Friday. And I'm looking at Poker Stars. I'm like, one, our app's way better 10 years ago than Poker Stars is today. And um, two, all the ideas we built in Zynga Poker are being adopted. Well, I'm going to go yeah. tell my version of the leaderboard, which I don't know if you know this part of the story. Okay. So <laughs> this will start kick things off in a kind of a fun way. I was assigned the Bold Beat leaderboard. Yeah. It was a big project, obviously, Bold Beats. If Kate was here to explain, it's just like the bigger features that we yeah, yeah, yeah. It was obviously super important for me because if I hit this out of the park, I was going to level up probably a director or the next level. So I get assigned by Nico. He's like, yeah, we got to build this creative leaderboard. I'm like, okay. And then the first thing was getting the team built. So I had Aaron as the game designer. Who who was the guy that they brought in and managed art? Alan. 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 Alan, Yeah. So Alan, I'm like, Alan, who's going to be like the art lead on this, right? Alan goes, I'm going to sign Birdo to it. (laughs) And we may edit this out, but I remember you were pretty... I would say burnt out a little bit salty at this stage of your career at Singa. I had a chip on my shoulder. You had a chip on your shoulder, shoulder, yes. And I was like, I was like, fuck. So I brought Alan into one of those rooms, one of those little offices. I was like, Alan, yeah. come in here. And I already had a rep. I was not the exactly like the, the PM that built the most rapport with everyone, you know? So I already <laughs> knew I was going to be up against like a pretty tough battle. And I was like, but I'm going to go for it. I was like, Alan, I need to talk to you. Like, I need to get you in a room. I'm going to be straight with you. I got to bring you in a room. Like, yeah. I cannot have Berto on this project. I need someone else. I need Mike. I need Berto's yeah, burned out. Just give me someone else, you know? And Alan was like, nope. 
you're getting Birdo. I don't exactly remember what he's saying. Like Birdo's super talented. You know, I was like, but he's, I know he is dude, but he's burned out. Like I cannot have Birdo. Right. He's like, you're going to have Birdo. I, I don't know if I ever told you that story, but I literally went in there. I was like, I no. actually, then, I didn't hear your side directly from you. I don't know if that's how Alan maybe described it to me, but I had a big old chip on my shoulder. I was carrying a lot of shit from the, from the past. And Alan kind of gave me a reality check about what the design culture was at Zynga. And I say design, not not like art, because I don't specialize in art and illustration, even though I did some of those illustrations. Like my stuff was all about UX and layout and how users interact with the feature. And that's why Alan put me on that. You know, Mike was more like designer way his his was making things look really cool and really pretty and polished. I forget we had some other like illustrator. All they did was draw pretty pictures all day, but they couldn't do a layout. So everyone had like their strengths. I had this big old debate of it with Alan about what UX or what design should be and what it shouldn't be. And what my ideal was like, I'm a UX designer. We should have a lot of say in what goes into the product because we know what the user does, blah, blah, blah. But that's just not how the org sees it. In fact, that's just not how most companies in the Valley see it. And Alan was telling me like, hey, most places like design is a service organization. So you need to serve the needs of whatever business features are being determined by the PMs. And while I didn't agree with that, it did wake me up like, hey, I'm being kind of an asshole and I need to be, I need to be nicer to work with people who, who probably aren't like the target of where my chip is coming from. So that's where I kind of like turned around. I'm like, okay, I need to like work better with people because I'm developing this reputation where, hey, he's talented, but he's hard to work with. That was exactly what I thought at the time. I mean, yeah. I never thought that the chip on the shoulder was because of me. I knew no, that yeah, the yeah. chip on the shoulder was sort of something else. And <laughs> I could see it. I mean, I wasn't the, I don't have the highest EQ, but I have it high enough where I kind of, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a lot going on in the org for the last year for a lot of people. I mean, it was a dramatic switch from a, I said on previous podcasts, I thought it was Peter pan-esque where it was very hands-off there was pincus and maybe shepherd and that was it really looking at us and as long as the numbers were positive no one bothered us you got to do whatever you kind of wanted to and maybe right. low right but low same thing low's policy was don't bother me unless the numbers are down keep doing what you're doing because it's yeah. not working and then it switched to this very somewhat political management heavy type organization and that caught us a lot of thrash and a lot of not thrash but is not the right word eventually i guess it caused to thrash but a lot of frustration really yeah. in the organization so after alan talked to me i was like all right we both you know, did that right? was that that, <laughs> that, yeah, that conversation happened i even yeah. think we had a little talk like okay dude like we're both on this project yeah i understand like this is you know there's shit going down like let's just do this and build a sweet ass feature that we're going to be super proud yeah. of and so we had that conversation and for me, there was a very clear moment that I think kicked us off on the right foot. We yeah. got into a spec review and it was early spec review and you were gonna do wireframes and the project manager at the time goes, when do you think you can have those done? And it was a Monday or something. And you go, I think I could have it done by Wednesday or Thursday or something. It was something like a two-day thing. And I go, no, Berto, I want you to mentally think that you're going to do a hundred iterations of this leader 
leaderboard because when we do 30, you're going to be happy and like push that date out far because we're going to be doing serious iterations on this leaderboard. And I want you to like mentally set yourself for those many iterations on it. And it's my job as a PM to give you the time and space to do it and keep your calendar completely clear and you have the time to do this, but I yeah. want you to like get set on that and readjust the time frame, the number of iterations, like da, da, da. For me, at least, my perspective was that one moment was like, okay, and you understood like, okay, he's going to do that. Then I get to go from sketches, you know, uh, wireframes, all the way through yeah. all the process that I want to do to build this feature. And that's what we're going to do. I vaguely remember, to be completely honest, I imagine me at the time, if I had heard that coming from a PM at Zynga, I would have been pleasantly surprised that you would have said something like that. I'm used to working under the gun. And that's why I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it in two days. <laughs> Not a problem. I could still probably do that in two days, you know, for, for most stuff I do. I think that's why I am where I am today, because doing things so quickly. And yeah, typically at Zynga, like you would do it overnight or you would work weekends or you'd bust your, your ass getting the ball to the next, you know, next 10 yards. I realized again with my moderate level of EQ that that was the source of so much frustration and burnout of all the yeah. design art team was just that they were given one day to do everything. Yeah. And so they were constantly going from this feature to that feature, to that feature, to that feature, to that feature. And they were really just this like factory of content. And there was no joy. There was no iteration. There was no time given to them. They were always on their gun. It was just a really, well, it wasn't, you know, all like that, but I, I knew that that was the reason. And I knew that the leaderboard, the UX was so important to it because we mm -hmm. had to get so much information in that in a small space and small space. And there was a lot of different ways that we could do it. I just felt like that piece of it. And that's why I was like, Alan, you know, I was like, you're giving me Birdo. Yeah. And then when I got you, I was like, dude, you're, you're like the key to this feature doing well. Yeah. is that it that it's bit well designed and from a UX UI. And I, I benefited from a few things at Zynga. One, I, I think being a revenue PM, I learned early on that you had to design nice features, as I would tell other PMs, for someone to reach in their pocket and bring out their credit card. And that yeah. was obviously like early days, but it was a metaphor for me that you need to really make a nice feature because you have a smaller funnel. You only have 5% of the players are really going to actually mm. make a purchase. So we're not talking 5 million DAU. We're talking much less than that. And of even of those, it's even smaller, right? We're talking really <laughs> 1% that's driving 80% of the revenue. So all the features that I designed, I definitely spent way more time focusing on design. You, you couldn't have these funnels of 1% conversion. You had to have 70% of the payers going through each step of it to get down and really drive revenue. You. And the other thing I benefited from was that my father was an artist. My grandfather was an artist. I may have been an athlete. These paintings behind me are actually done by my father, who yeah. is an artist as well. Yeah. So I kind of grew up with a... I wasn't just a PM who could do Excel. Like I definitely right. had those you different had an elements of my brain. appreciation for it. I had appreciation, but enough knowledge to know that I was bad at it <laughs> or not that good at or it. Or you so, just haven't um, found your medium, Brett. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
But anyway, so that really kicked it off. And I can remember vividly looking at sketches of it. We've started out in black and white, which is something we rarely did at Zynga. I remember you going yeah. through multiple iterations of it in black and white and us staying in there for a long time. Yeah. And that was critical. And I actually even also remember someone you getting booked on something, some other feature. And that was another <laughs> point like where I, me, I right? flew in and was like, <laughs> fuck that, Alan. You gave me Birdo. He's dialed in right now he cannot be like whatever he's doing right now someone else does it because yeah the dude is dialing you told me you're you gonna give me him for x amount of time and i don't want to see him double book because mm -hmm. like he's not thrashing back over the other project going back on the leaderboard and we did tons of iterations on it yeah i was like wow i don't have like pms don't usually vouch for guys like us i need to do this one right so <laughs> One of the techniques that I, I do when I was doing design, when I iterate, when I get to a stopping point, I don't edit over that to make it evolve it. I make a copy and then I start evolving it. And then if I see two or three or four variations coming to that, I'll make four copies and I'll evolve those. And I always save those past revisions in case I need to go back. So I don't see a lot of designers that I've ever worked with or ever mentored. I try to teach them that because it's, it's good to see how you make progress. Also to explain to all your stakeholders, like, hey, this is my thinking process and this is how I got here. And to show them like, hey, that thing you just mentioned, I already thought of it back here in version three this is a great example of something i didn't remember until now but i do yeah. remember you presenting it i do remember the room it was a giant photoshop board of images and i can remember we had like 50 i think yeah and you almost like going from left to right to like the evolution of the leaderboard and showing it to at that time the, the product council <laughs> which i don't think we could go into that too much detail here you mean the gauntlet <laughs> <laughs> the gauntlet of leadership that you had to get a feature through and present it to at that time, which was for listeners, that's director of product, general yeah. managers, head of product, producers, head of design and art. You have this, not even a spec review, you'd have a spec review, but then you'd have this product council review, which I think was inspired by DreamWorks or something where they had this group that they would show the movie to and that group would give all this feedback or something like that. Yeah. Well, that was added on about halfway through my career where you had all these super high up level people on the org sitting in a room and you had to present your feature to these people and then they were giving you feedback. And it was a really tough dynamic because these people were all somewhat your bosses and your boss's bosses and they were <laughs> bosses of all the different groups and they had a lot of weight and they were all giving feedback. They're all very product focused people. Yeah. And so you ended up getting a lot of feedback that was really hard for you to go against really because you were kind of taking a risk a little bit at your career other people's careers or bonuses and things like that <laughs> that writing. was the yeah that was the thing seeing a I think the bonuses had a lot of impact on how people kind of treated each other. Yeah, but we we went through it, and I think we did a pretty good job. I don't remember those councils being difficult for leaderboard. I don't have. Yeah, I don't was, know if you do. I, that was one of the smoothest ones I've ever been through. Usually, there's like a lot of I'm going to break this apart. I'm going to find a way to break this apart. <laughs> Put people on the spot, which you know that's like a pinkest thing that trickled down to everybody else. Yeah. I have one product council story. I don't know if it will make it in the podcast, <laughs> but I can remember I was working on a feature that was almost something that I just wanted to fix. It was some bet flow that I just decided, you know, what, I'm just going to fix this. Like there's no impact or whatever. It's just annoying me in the game. I'm going to fix it. So I got Stacy to do it. She re she's redoing it. It's like a super small feature, right? Yeah. 
And I'm like, yeah, we're just going to get this out the door, just clean this up. And someone saw it and goes, oh, we should talk about that in product council. Why don't you bring that in today? No prep, nothing. Like they walk past (laughs) me and Stacy talking about this feature. And they're like, well, why don't you come in in 45 minutes to product council and present that feature to all the leads of the team, right? I'm thinking, oh man. And Stacy, she was a sweet, sweet person. And, and also I felt like pretty quiet and stuff. And I had asked her kind of to do this as a little bit of a favor, like, hey, can you squeeze this in? And that was part of the culture. You would go up and kind of like negotiate your project to get through. Alden, who I have to get on here, was king of that. He was always lurking around each team, like, hey, you got any free devs? You got any free artists? Like, And getting these little projects in. So that was one of these. Anyways, we have to go in unprepared. And I used to actually meditate before these meetings by myself in a dark room to calm myself down. That's how intense these meetings got. I would literally meditate before them. And that's how I would prepare for them. So I have no prep. I go into the meeting, they completely tear it apart. Just do this, do that, fix this, do five different colors, seven different iterations. (laughs) And I already realized this feature wasn't going to impact anything. It was just something I was fixing. It was like almost like a bug. And I walk out, we get 45 minutes of that, whatever it was. I walk out and I turn to Stacy and I go, I really appreciate you working on this project. And I, I really appreciate everything. I am killing this project right now. We're not doing any of those things. We are dropping this. We're not changing a thing that this, this whole project is over. She's like, okay, that's fine by me. And I'm like, yeah. It's done. It's done. I was like, yeah, no, we're not. Yeah, she was amazing. And I was just like, I'm not putting you through this. This is going to take us two months to get through this project for a little bug fix. Like, we're going to have to present this three more times. I'm a straight shooter. You you know, I was like, no, we're not. not (laughs) But I don't remember. And I agree. And I think because we had so much time also to get feedback, I think that was Mm -hmm. important in terms of having the time. One thing I learned through the process was get the feedback from the each one of those people individually before you get in the meeting. So I met with like Nicole, Nico, and just had them cut it up. And then we could come back and be like, okay, we're not going to get as many surprises in that meeting because we've already met with everybody. I mean, one thing for sure, halfway through Zynga group feedback is terrible because when one person says something bad, especially if they're the highest seat in the room, they're the highest ranking person in the room, then everybody joins in on it and you just get bashed so hard. So one thing I learned coming out of Zynga that I still use today, I break apart my feedback meetings into small, small groups. Yeah. Toyota has a system which I've somewhat adopted metaphorically is that the end meeting is almost a formality Yeah, to just get everyone in the room to agree. But mm-hmm. Everyone has already agreed before that meeting. That's basically what I'm always striving for is that everyone's already agreed to me individually before we even get in that meeting. Yeah. But at the time, a lot of those meetings weren't like that. They were the opposite. (laughs) It'd be the first time that they saw it Mm -hmm. and they'd just be firing out any thought that they wanted to say about the thing. I don't like purple. Yeah. You know, you're like... And most of the time they didn't have any context. Like, they're just like, yeah, they're seeing it for the first time. So they're just going to like point out like whatever you know, thing that's nagging at them. Yeah. And so you want to check out the leaderboard itself because it's actually pretty hilarious. I mean, I really do remember us working on some of these things. Yeah. Here is the mobile version of it. This is for sure our design. Yeah, that looks like my... That looks like my style. Because we debated whether we were going to do regional or buddies. And then we decided that we were going to do both. Because regional, you would just get crushed. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And there wasn't the concept of leagues at this point. 
which would have been something that we've seen evolve in the leaderboards. And then we have to get a fair amount of information out in terms of we did have it be a weekly leaderboard. So yeah. it did reset. Wasn't there some call to action on the right too that I don't see it here, but I recall there being something around that. So it looks like you had a claim button where you could claim. I don't know if this was added on the mobile version, but this because the mobile team and us were, remember it was two different teams. But they would a lot of times take our features and port them over. Right. And this definitely looks like the design that we had. Yeah. And then I, I can remember clearly the rank and the rewards. And I can remember that we did an iteration where we had trophies here instead of these the medals. medals. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one of the things that was difficult about Zynga was the economy was so inflated. We had to have <laughs> it work for trillions <laughs> trillions i mean here is the the leader has 300 million coins yeah that one chip farmer in indonesia <laughs> yeah no this is billions this is 300 billion coins yeah exactly yeah. so you had to fit it for i can remember i wish you had downloaded it we could pull those up dude because yeah. i can remember you doing the spacing because that was really important the other thing that was really important was we had it translated in a lot of different languages yeah. And we had to have space for German and all these other things. Yeah. And then you had countries where people had really long names. Really and so we tried to use as little amount of text, I think, for that reason. Yeah. I think we had pictures, too, at one point, the which pieces. is buddies, which makes total sense. Oh, right. Yeah. And so the regional, it would just be the name. And then we wanted to show off the person who won. The last week's winner would be shown at the top here. And then your results, regional rank, and your buddy rank would be shown here. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It'd be like a weekly would, report. And then based on that, you would claim whatever whatever tier you won. So there was a tier system. You would, depending on your rank, you would get some type of chips. And then we would show off. This was taken in 2016. Built the feature probably at the Q, I think it was Q4 yeah. 2012. Yeah, they didn't change that much till they started migrating out of Classic. I still yeah. have my like billion chips from <laughs> anytime I play. I still have billions of chips from when I was working there. The the feature itself was ended up being a successful feature and it was ported over to mobile. It was a very successful feature. And, and it was also, I think, at the time, the team was transitioning from just metrics to trying to build a more aesthetically pleasing app. Yeah, that's why what Alan came in because he had the um, art chops to kind of tell that visual story. <laughs> we had two, we were too <laughs> UX heavy on our team before that. But it was, I mean, the leaderboard was an awesome feature and it was definitely, that and high-low were my two proudest yeah. features because of the impact and because of how well they were designed. Just top to bottom, I thought they were really well-designed features and they... Yeah, leaderboard definitely for me was like after being there for so long. Like that was a, one of the things in a long time that like, okay, this is actually cool to work on because, you know, we had a pretty solid pod working at that time. Yeah, and the leaderboard was definitely a just an awesome team. I mean, Aaron, who deserves a ton of credit for that feature as well, was awesome. And we just had a really cool little pod that we got to kind of focus on it. And she was just great. And mm -hmm. you were great on the project. I mean, you were. I never felt like after the first conversation we had that anything yeah. was carried over. You know, I mean, that was, it was, it was squashed. There was never any issues. It was funny because I felt like our team, I, this was a little trick of mine, was somehow to get like the artists and designers to actually enjoy the features again. There was another guy in the team that I can't remember. He was really talented too, but totally burned out. 
and he would sketch on a piece of paper before he would do anything. He would just sketch with like a pencil. I mean, no, I remember for the most part him not being good, but I had again was like convinced him to do something. He did a great job on one of the projects, but he was burned out too. I mean, yeah, he like he when was, he found his groove, he was really good, but most of the time it was just kind of like get it done. And when yeah. people are just doing get it done, it's just not great, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That was kind of my secret was that, again, because I was on the rev side, I just felt like I couldn't do that, right? Like yeah. I couldn't just throw something on the app entry and get 90% of people because they had to already go through all the feature steps. They had to go to the buy page. They'd have to be so far into the app that yeah. I wasn't really... And you're competing for that pop-up in the beginning. Yeah. Like, and so I remember we had so many pop-ups, one of... The things that I had to design was how about we just instead of having three pop-ups, we just make it one pop-up and there's like three sections in there. But then yeah. every every PM was competing for that real estate. Oh yeah, you always be like, can I wait at one and have <laughs> it in front of his? And right. There was so much lobbying going on with yeah. that was so important to it. Yeah. So I don't know if there's any other memories you have about the leaderboard, but that's kind of what I had. And I, I it was just an epic feature and something that I'll never forget, man. Seriously. I love so much of Zynga. I mean, I felt like the people there were incredible. Yeah. There was a lot of real great things about that company, that culture. Obviously, things that could have been improved, but man, like working with people like you and Aaron and yeah. so many people on that team were so talented. It was so obvious that people were talented. And for me, that was always the thing. When I saw talent and skill and passion when they were given the opportunity to be passionate, then for me, that was everything was worked from there, you know? That's a good thing that you bring up because when you had all those key pieces in your pod, it was like a good time. Like, this is a cool thing, work we're doing, we're having a blast. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. And thanks again to our guest, Birdo, for sharing his experiences with us. Do you have any questions about the episode or an idea for any future guests? And please shoot Brett an email at brett.novak at liquidandgrit.com. Again, that is B-R-E-T-T dot N-O-W-A-K at liquidandgrit.com. We hope you were inspired by today's episode. And if you were, maybe consider subscribing to our show or sharing it in all the places that you love to share things. So until next time, here's Brett to close us out. That's the one thing, though, that I don't think people say enough is... Pinkus would listen to anybody. There was meritocracy was a core principle of Zynga and it was legit. Yep. If you emailed Pinkus with a, an idea and you backed it up with some data, he would listen to you. He would yep. freaking call you into his room and you would sit there and he would talk to you about it. He would email us at three in the morning. I don't remember, like he'd have an idea. He literally email the entire company, a random thought he had or a picture of something that he was thinking about. and. I actually like that. Even when we were a thousand people, he still kept it pretty intimate in the way that he was basically emailing us and saying, yo, I'm emailing you. You could literally email him back and you better be ready for a response. Because if you had a good idea, he'd be like, well, what do you think about this? How do you think about that? Well, what? how many people do you think are going to do that?